You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line with me today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. Good morning. I'm doing well. Good, good. So firstly, Eric, let's take a look at what's happening as far as the economy. Uh, we've had some numbers released from ADP as far as what's happening with jobs. Had some poor numbers. What's your thoughts on those numbers and likewise the overall economic outlook? Yeah, sure. Uh, we have the Atlanta Fed uh, using their economic model of suggesting that there'll be zero GDP growth this quarter. We have uh, construction spending down. CapEx intentions are down. The ISM... Uh, uh, purchasing managers uh, was down. The regional Fed indexes are all weak, particularly Dallas, of course, which was incredibly weak. So there's just really nothing going on in the U.S. that uh, would suggest there's any uh, great strength in the economy. And of course, what it's led to is the pushing out of these theoretical interest rate increases, uh, both in terms of time and I think almost more interesting now is size. I mean, I, there's some chatter going around that it won't be. 25 beeps, it'll be 12 and a half beeps, which of course wouldn't hardly register on a scale of anything, but it's always an excuse for the paper pushers to uh, to push gold down. But I think the reality is that the economic conditions are weak. The Fed has said they will you know, monitor things as they progress and decide accordingly. And with that in front of us, I can't see a rate increase uh, potentially not all year with the way the economy is declining. So it's very positive for gold and silver. Now, likewise, Eric's kind of switching over to what's happening in the geopolitics around the world and the geopolitical sphere. What's your thoughts in terms of what's happening is obviously we know Greece and their ongoing issues with uh, their debt. And now we have uh, the issue with Yemen over in the Middle East. What are your thoughts on this and likewise the impact on this on the markets as well, too? Well, I mean, it's all constructive. Uh, we, we can't forget Austria either, where uh, one of their larger banks went down and is having uh, spill-off effects on other banks. Um, and, of course, we have the situation in Greece where, of course, the Greek citizens continue to take their money out of the bank. The ECB has to keep up an amount of loans to the banking system so that they don't have to sell assets in order to pay off the depositors because, obviously, the depositors are leaving here. And, of course, the other areas of concern, whether it's because of military conflicts, are... Uh, Ukraine and Yemen, Yemen probably being the more significant one if it has any uh, ultimate impact on oil production and, and the involvement of Saudi Arabia in that war. Um, normally, I, I don't look at geopolitical events as, as a sustainable long-term reason to own gold, uh, but those events uh, certainly wouldn't deter the people in those areas from thinking that they should own gold. And I, I might add, Jeff, that... Um, one of the things that's becoming a little uh, more prominent is some of these uh, governments now restricting the use of cash. Uh, we had a suggestion in France that they were going to allow uh, cash transactions of more than 1,000 euros now was previously 3,000 euros. I think there's uh, some moves even in the U.S. to uh, try to put a restriction on flows of money in and out of the country. And these are all, in essence, uh, forms of capital control. Uh, where the powers that be want fiat uh, to be the dominant currency. I, I found it sort of hilarious that it was suggested the uh, finance minister of Greece was suggesting they might go to Bitcoin. Yes. Um, I'm not a great uh, Bitcoin fan, per se. I, uh, but it's it just, you know, it, it, people are losing confidence in currencies all the time. We've had um, 
an interesting decline in the U.S. dollar here. And I think that's fully justified because we went into 2015 thinking it was, you know, the U.S. was going to lead the world in growth. Well, now it looks like uh, that's not true at all. So I, I can certainly see reasons for the dollar to weaken. I believe it's weakened off today. And, you know, it's, it's getting to a point where I think people are seeing through the mirage of this uh, strong economic recovery, which also, of course, is very um, promising for gold and silver and other precious metals. So sticking with the idea of precious metals, Eric, let's talk about Asian gold demand. We've seen some numbers coming out of India and China with the Shanghai Gold Exchange. What are your thoughts on that as well? Well, for me, for me, it's a continuation of the same theme. I mean, the uh, the Chinese demand per week is about, in the, as indicated by the Shanghai Gold Exchange, about 50 tons a week. Well, that's 2,500 tons a year. Uh, the free world only mines uh, 2,200 tons a year. And then now we're hearing that the Indian demand is, is uh, there's been some estimate could be as much as 130 tons in the month of March. Now that's yet to be proven, and we'll get numbers on that, uh, I think, around April 13th. Uh, but between those two countries, I mean, they're consuming way more than 100, well, probably 150 percent of the mine supply. So, of course, what this all leads to this uh, famous conundrum that we have that the paper markets determine the price, uh, whereas the physical market seems to be incredibly strong. We had a data point out of the U.S. I think it was in the month of February that they shipped another 10 tons out of the U.S. And of course, this is all required to balance off supply, and and that's what but has been published. Who knows what's really going down behind the scenes. So the Asian demand is, continues to be strong. Uh, I think it's way beyond uh, annual mine capacity. And someday this this dam is going to break where uh, the central banks won't be able to uh, supply that physical market. Now, when that exactly happens, and is it, you know, is it like a default of COMEX or whatever, we don't really know. But I think the trends are well in place. Uh, for that to continue, and it, it should uh, augur well for the future of the precious metals. So you mentioned the COMEX as well, Eric. Let's talk a little bit in terms of the cost structure on the COMEX, in terms of how this could affect the price of precious metals. Would you would you care to elaborate on that? Well, when gold went up to in excess of twelve hundred, I think it got to twelve twenty two. The commercials went big time short, and then we had the run down to about eleven forty and change. And during that whole period, the commercials bought back all their short position. We've talked about this before. In my mind, it's just sweeping the table, if you will. They run it up, they get short, they run it down, they cover. And of course, the people shorting are the hedge funds, and now they have pretty well a record short position, which of course is, will be very uh, constructive to the gold price in the paper markets, because they, someday they got to buy those things back. And of course, the commercials are now in charge of that. And for them to profit from it, of course, they have to take the price back up, which they've done taking the price up already. Uh, we've run from 1140 up to I think as high as it's close to 1220, trading around 1205 as we speak. So I think that the cost structure is a very bullish for the precious metals. Excellent, Eric. Well, as usual, Eric, we always appreciate your insight here in the weekly wrap-up, and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Okay, let's hope for another great week. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Bye now. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprout Money News. Happy Easter to all of our listeners, and enjoy your weekend.